There once was a man named Korah. Yes. Who's in this week's portion of Torah. Yeah. He rebelled against Moses. Now he's pushing up roses. So we won't. So we won't rebel anymore. Something like that. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. <laughs> That's the message for today. Yeah, so we won't rebel anymore. So we won't contend anymore. Whatever it was I said. It says someplace in scripture that the things that they went through in the wilderness was for our benefit. So what is it for our benefit that Korah is speaking to us today? Uh, Korah has the unique privilege of speaking to us over the windows of time because he went down to Sheol alive. So he's still speaking to us. So he's still down there speaking to us today because he went down alive. So whenever we are going through something and we're kind of following a little bit in his footsteps, he's there saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I came here before you so you don't have to do this. Everybody know the story of Korah? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. So we can go through this a little bit. So uh, the portion starts with Korah and two of his buds going up to Moses and Aaron and pretty much saying, what's so special about you two dudes? We're Israel, man. We're all holy. So what with you two that you put yourself above God's holy people. He was a spiritual socialist. Oh, yeah. So Moses and Aaron did what they often do when things like this happen. Boom! Right down on their faces. And God does what he often did in the Torah when that happens. He comes down in the cloud and starts going, let me at him! Let me at him! And then Moses and Aaron have to get up and they're holding God back. And God's like, let me at him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And Moses and Aaron are like, no, 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 no. Stay back. Stay back. Stay back. I mean, you're going to just kill everybody because of this one guy? Um. So then, so God steps back. That dynamic happened a lot in Torah. <laughs> let me at him. Moses and Aaron, no, no, no. Stay back. So then they had this bright idea. Tell you what. Korah, everybody else. Pick up censers, put incense in it, and we'll let Adonai decide who's the one that he chose to be high priest. Because Korah was a Levite. Ever know what a Levite is? They were the ones in charge of kind of maintaining the tabernacle, you know? You know, just making sure everything is right. You know, the grace um. line is right where it's supposed to be. You know, the offering box, the shofar, just making sure everything is precise, you know, and it was, it was a mundane job. You know, it was a little bit of a dirty job. You know, every morning they had to take this ash heap of sacrifices, you know, all this yuck, bring it outside the camp, you know, toss it out, bring the thing back, wash it clean. You know, Cora was part of that whole, whole thing. He was part of that whole team. Not Aaron. He was up there, he's the high priest. He goes in once a year and does his thing. But he's not part of the, the, the little the cleanup team. Korah was part of the cleanup team. And he says, what's with you where you are raise yourself above us? And Moses said, is it not mm -hmm. enough for you to, to be what the Lord calls you to be, which is a Levite? Now you want the priesthood too? 
So then, I'm sorry, what was Aaron? Tri tribal, then? then? Levi, Levi. Oh, They're Aaron. all Levites. Oh, Aaron was part of Levi. There was a guy named Levi, yeah. and you know he had people, and here's Aaron, <coughs> right? But all the Levites are over here also. They're Aaron's cousins. So all from Aaron and downwards, the high priests, and then everybody else, you know, that were his cousins were the Levites. Um, so then Moses said, tell you what, everybody who's like agreeing with Korah here, just take uh, the censer, put some incense in it, offer the incense, and we'll see who God chooses. So they all offer their incense. God comes down in fire, boom, wipes them all out. Takes care of that. God says, and Moses says to Korah, if what you said is true, that God didn't call me and Aaron in this position, if you die a normal death, just a regular death, or that a regular guy would die, then I'm a liar, then, I, then God did not call me in this position. Mm -hmm. But if the ground opens up and swells you up, then that's proof that God called me in this position. Immediately, the ground opens up, down goes Korah, down goes his family, ground opens up, <clears throat> closes up, um. and burps. So ends Korah. Next day, like a whole car, all the people rebel. It ain't over yet. I'll tell you, Moses was the had the worst rabbi job ever. <laughs> the whole congregation hated his guts, and the whole mission of the congregation he didn't even get to fulfill. He just got to kind of look at the edge and kind of see it from a distance. He had the worst congregation ever. The most unsuccessful rabbi in history. His congregation voted him the heck out so many times. So the next day, all the people rebelled against Moses. They're like, what did you do? You killed God's people. You killed God's holy people. And Moses and Aaron, what did they do? Down on their face. Down on their face. God comes down, what did God do? Um. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Moses and Aaron hold him back. No. No. <clears throat> Plague starts to go through the people. And then Aaron, who didn't take one of those little censers before, takes up a censer, puts some incense in it, goes right in the middle of the plague that God started, stands, as it says, between the living and the dead, and the plague subsides. <coughs> so that's the story of um. Korah, as it is written in the Torah. He rebelled against Moses, now he's pushing up roses, so he ain't rebelling no more. <laughs> but the story behind Korah didn't really start <coughs> in this Torah portion, okay? Actually, the Torah portion starts with what Stephanie shared with his genealogy. So we know that his, his story goes before, precedes that moment when he said, all right, Moses, you're elevating yourself too much. Backtrack from there. That whole thing of him being upset with Moses, upset with Aaron, not happy with this position that they were in, and all this stuff, all of this started probably some years prior with one stinking, thinking thought. All of it. It's not listed in scripture. 
But it all started with one little thought that he had sometime in the past, a thought that was not from the Lord, a thought that was unholy and was not kept in check. And it was left unattended, this little seed of, what the heck is wrong with my cousin Aaron? that he thinks that he's better than me. It's like the Seinfeld, you think you're better than me? <laughs> That's where it started. A little stinking thinking thought that was not put under the obedience of Messiah. Korah should have read 2 Corinthians 10. Um. <laughs> One person got that. It wasn't written yet back then, so I guess he couldn't have read it. But the, but the spiritual reality of taking your thoughts captive is eternal. And he did not do that. And it's one of the reasons why the covenant of Messiah is better than the covenant of Moses. Okay? Because Messiah gets into our thought life. Um. That's right. That's tough, man. Moses said, don't kill. I say, don't hate. What? What? Wait a minute. We've learned from rabbis since we were young. They never told us we had to control our thoughts. They just had to, we could, our thoughts can run rampant. We could have to control our actions. Now you're telling us we got to control our thoughts? What? I've heard that you're easier than Moses. That's a bit harder. Moses said, don't commit adultery. I say, don't lust. What? I gotta control that too? Man, this is kinda hard. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah. Mm. And that's why Yeshua is the better covenant. Moses couldn't read minds. Yeshua reads minds. You see this in other stories. Like, and you know your thoughts. So we went over there. If, if Yeshua was, was around, or if Moses had that gift of reading minds, he would have went to Korah and said, Korah, I know what you're thinking. You better cool it, man. Okay? Because this ain't going to work out for you too well. But he did. And Korah did not take the thought captive. And it started to permeate. And then, it started to consume him. And the earth swallowed him up long before the earth swallowed him up. Because the earth represents what we're made. We're all made from the earth. So the earth represents our flesh. Yeah? And what swallowed him up? The earth. So he was consumed by flesh, by earthly, fleshly, stinking thing. And it swallowed him up. <clears throat> All from a thought that wasn't mm. taken captive. And then the thought wants to have friends. Because these things, they're not enough alone. And they'll use scripture. These unholy thoughts will use scripture. Two or more witnesses. That means mm -hmm. if I get somebody else who agrees with me, it must be right. Hey, uh, Death Fan, Abiram, come here a sec. Um. Hey, what's up, poor? What do you think of Moses elevating his own brother to the priesthood? Like, we're like hundreds of thousands of Levites 
And who does he pick? His brother. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that too. I don't know. I don't know what the Hebrew word is for nepotism, but sounds like nepotism to me. I think you're right. I was thinking that too. Let's pray about it. Oh, why don't I? Just pray that Moses and Aaron, if they see the error of their ways, we're all holy. In fact, it says we're a nation of priests. Think about this. Think about this. It says we're a nation of priests. That's scripture. It's scripture. We're a kingdom of priests. Korah goes, aha. Then why are you elevating yourself as priest? We're a nation of priests. Wrong. Is that contradictory? It's not. I'll tell you why. God is no respecter of persons. He is no respecter of persons. We know the story around that scripture. It was this like, Gentile guy, Cornelius. If there's any Gentile name, it's Cornelius. I never met a Jew named Cornelius. So here's this guy, right? Peter has to go to his house, and Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius. And all these Jews that were believing in Messiah, because like, what are you talking about Gentiles? This is a Jewish thing. Yeshua is his name. Yeshua. He's not yet named Jesus. So it's a Jewish thing. And now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit goes on this dude Cornelius. And they're like, I can't stop this. I'm not the one who pours out spirit. God is the one that pours out spirit. And he pours it out on Cornelius. Therefore, God is no respecter of persons. So, what does that mean that he's no respecter of persons? It means his love, his calling, is no different. Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, free. He loves the businessman who owns the business as much as the one sweeping the floor of said business. No respecter of persons. But within that realm, of being not a respecter of persons. God has no problem saying, you are gonna own that business and you are gonna sweep the floor of that business. He got no problem doing it. It's part of him being no respecter of persons. <clears throat> it's part of that whole thing. If he felt another way about it, like, well, since they, I gave him this, I guess I gotta give this guy the same thing. If he felt that way, God, he would be a respecter of persons. But he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't have a problem giving one person $10 million and another person 10. No problem with it. So, in his not respecting people, in a nation of priests, where everybody in spirit is a priest, he's got no problem saying, you are going to be the high priest of this tabernacle. You're going to be a Levite who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna sweep the floor around it and take, take care of the curtains, make sure everything's okay. And you're not part of that tribe at all. He's got no problem doing it. 
So one thing that happened with Korah is that he was told by Moses, you're not just rebelling against me. This is not a story of rebelling against leadership. This has nothing to do with leadership. Because God said to Korah through Moses, you're rebelling against me. Why are you rebelling against me? Why was Korah rebelling against me? Because he was not recognizing mm -hmm. the divine call <coughs> that Moses had, that Aaron had, and that he had. Um. He was not recognizing the divine calling that he had. So the one that lives inside of Korah had a goal, had a purpose, there was a plan for him, there was a mission for him, there was relevance to him. And that he denied by denying the same thing for Moses and Aaron. We all have divine callings. Michelle has a divine calling necessary in the kingdom of God. Necessary. Not optional. Required. By Adonai in the kingdom of God. So it is with all of us. But sometimes a thought left unchecked will deny him in yourself and in others. And it is an antichrist spirit. You don't need to look for some Hitler dude at the end of days um. for an antichrist. <clears throat> we just need to search in our heads for a thought left unchecked which denies the one that lives in ourselves and denies the one that lives in others. And that is an antichrist spirit. And that is why Korah was told, you're not just um. rejecting Moses and Aaron, you're rejecting the Lord. So, the message for today is 2 Corinthians 10. Take every thought captive. God has given us as humanoids. What was that humanoid word that I used a couple of months ago? Earthlings. <laughs> Take me to your leader. God's given us as earthlings this little thing, two little two beautiful things. He's given us his spirit. And he's given us emotions. Okay? So we know God through his spirit. We know how he feels. We know his hug. We know his love. We know his attributes. And God has given us this little thing in our belly called emotions. And emotions get triggered by various things. And he's given us incredible complex brains to identify emotions. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling happiness. I'm feeling peace. I'm feeling frustration. I'm feeling suspicion. Link up your emotions to how you know 
the Lord to be in his goodness. If the emotion you're feeling does not equate to how you know God, let it die. Don't entertain it. It will manifest itself as God. It will manifest itself as truth. And the more you entertain a simple lying thought, it will seem more and more like divine truth. Mm -hmm. I share this because I'm guilty of it. And like I said, I don't preach to anybody but myself. When I first became a rabbi against my will, I asked God and I, what the heck do I have to say every week? And what I felt him say is, don't worry about anybody else, because I'm always speaking to you about how I'm improving you. So whatever you're going through where I'm working on you, just speak that out as if you're, you're talking to yourself, as if I'm talking to you. So that's all I'm doing. So I share this thing because it's something I struggle with. Okay? It is a thought that will manifest itself as God. It will consume, it will, the earth will swallow you up. Okay? And you will be convinced that a lie is truth because it has a subset, a, 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 a look and feel of truth. Just like Korah, who understood the reality that we're a nation of priests. So he said, Baruch Hashem, I'm the priest. <sighs> Paul, Paul said, there is no man or woman, um. no Jew or Gentile. Paul said that, Rabbi Shaul, Paul, there is no man or um. woman. <clears throat> Later on, or earlier on, um. he said, the man is the head of the woman, the bride, as Messiah is the head of the congregation. Huh? I thought you just said there's no man or woman. Now you're saying there's this thing going on where the man is the head of the woman, as Messiah is the head of the congregation. It's not contradictory. And even that, men can mistranslate. Do you know why the man is the head of the woman? So he can cover her. That's why. It's just that simple. How can a man cover the woman? Cover her. Declare her clean. Declare her not guilty. Declare her beautiful before Adonai. If he's not over her. He's over her for one purpose. Not to lord over her. But to cover. That's the only reason why the man is the head of the, of the bride. As Messiah is the head of the congregation. And what does he do? He covers. Right? So no contradiction. There's no male or female. Man is head over the, over the bride. No Jew or Gentile. Yet, you see, Israel is, is going to be the head of the nations. Yet we're all equal. There's still no contradiction. So you can look at things in scripture and, and a lying thought will twist it. So, take every thought captive. Don't entertain these things. It's not safe. It's not safe.
You may think it's safe because you think you can control it. But it will soon present itself as reality. And then you won't even know it's a lying thought. Take it to the obedience of Messiah. Look at it objectively. Does it line up with the God that I know? If it doesn't, let it fall down powerlessly. When it comes to your thoughts about yourself and your thoughts about others. Because it is an antichrist spirit that will deny Christ in you and deny Christ in others. And may I not deny Messiah in each of you. Um. I will not deny Messiah in you. I will not deny Messiah in you.